Hello and welcome to the Holiday Inn City Guide for Norwich. I'm Alan Dodgen. Thank you for downloading this City Guide podcast. Before we start to explore the city, let me tell you how you can receive up to 35% of your next weekend stay here in Norwich or at any of our other Holiday Inn property locations. All you have to do is visit our website, ihg.com forward slash podcast. That's ihg.com forward slash podcast for all the details. Norwich is one of the most vibrant and interesting regional cities in England. Located just one and a half hours from London, it lies in the heart of East Anglia and boasts a history and culture second to none. Norwich is the ideal city for those with a love of history, culture and the arts. With many museums, art galleries, cinemas and cafes, the tradition of innovative and beautiful architecture is as strong as ever. Boasting two cathedrals, 32 churches within the city walls, a winding river and cobbled alleyways, Norwich is an ideal place to relax, explore and discover. But don't think of Norwich as a sleepy backwater, for it is the capital of East Anglia, and if shopping is your passion, then you'll find your explorations will uncover a wealth of unique and fascinating shops. Whatever your taste in entertainment, there is always something to do in Norwich with nightclubs, pubs and theatres, with many shows straight from the West End. Norwich has a great choice of intercontinental hotels to stay at. There are three Holiday Inns and a Holiday Inn Express, each within easy reach of the city centre. After staying the night at one of the hotels, I took a short walk into the city centre to meet up with my guides for the day. Well, I've started my visit to Norwich uh, by standing outside a wonderfully glass-fronted building called the Forum, and I'm joined here by Claire Packer, Head of Marketing for Visit Norwich. Hello, Claire. Hello, and welcome to Norwich. Delighted that the sun is shining and you're here to discover our fantastic city. For example, uh, many people know that Norwich is the capital of East Anglia, but what they don't know is that we've got over 1,500 historic buildings, many within its city walls, including a superb Norman castle. We're also one of the top 10 places to shop in the UK, so for all those shoppers, this is the place to come with a great independent sector, lots of uh, boutique shops, uh, our Royal Arcade, uh, we've got lots to offer, something for everyone. Speaking to you earlier uh, off mic, you were telling me about the shopping here in Norwich. Why is the shopping so popular here? Norwich is a, a fantastic shopping destination. We've got a really compact city centre, so it's very, very easy to, to move around. It's a safe city. We've got a fantastic park and ride system, one of the most extensive in the UK, so it's very easy to just park your car, hop on a bus, 10 minutes later you're in the heart of the city centre, ready to go shopping. We have two fantastic shopping malls uh, with all the high street stores, but equally a brilliant uh, independent sector. Uh, a popular area of the city is called the Norwich Lanes. There you'll find a whole range of small independent specialist shops from jewelers, uh, vintage clothes shops, record stores, music stores are everywhere and uh, everything ranging from home furnishings to to food, delis, um, it's, it's really really vibrant and we'd love people to come and, and have a great day shopping in our wonderful city. Now I travelled up my train from London, an hour and 50 minutes, very nice and quick, but there are many other routes into Norwich aren't there? That's correct, Norwich is accessible for, from many parts of the UK, the train as you've mentioned there's a direct service London to Norwich every 30 minutes, uh, an hour and 50 
which is uh, which is a, a great opportunity for you to come and explore and have a day trip in Norwich. Equally, um, the uh, A14 from Cambridge and the M11 uh, bringing you into Norwich and, and the A11, you've got routes from the western and, and eastern part of the county. East Midlands trains have connections to Norwich. So, uh, and, and, and also, as I've mentioned, if you're traveling by car, a great park and ride service. So um, we might be way out east, but we certainly are accessible and we really would encourage people to make that special journey. Go east, you won't be disappointed. Now before we go on a bit more about Norwich, Norwich really central in Norfolk, isn't it? You, you, an ideal location for exploring the rest of Norfolk. What's within easy reach of here? Well, we promote Norwich, the Norfolk Broads and the surrounding countryside. Actually from Norwich, within a 20, 25 minute drive, you can be in the heart of the Norfolk Broads. Equally, uh, we have fantastic, a fantastic coastline here in Norfolk uh, with popular seaside resorts of Great Yarmouth, Sheringham, Cromer, Hunstanton, to name a few. Uh, if you're into history and heritage, we've got some superb National Trust properties, including uh, Blicklin Hall, which is a, a wonderful National Trust property, just uh, a 20-minute drive from Norwich. Uh, also, we have Sandringham, the uh, Her Majesty's residence, Sandringham, and um, also a number of historic houses, including Holcombe Hall and Houghton Hall. Uh, we're also a popular destination for film locations. We've got uh, a number of market towns. Uh, one of them, Swaffham, is home to um, the BBC uh, drama Kingdom, starring Stephen Fry. That's set here in Norfolk. So from coast, countryside, uh, the beautiful Norfolk broads, boating holidays, um, then um, we can offer um, a perfect destination, whether you want to come here for a day trip, a short break, or even a longer holiday. Fantastic. Now let's come back to Norwich. You've mentioned that it's a medieval place. Tell me a little bit about that because it has more, you were saying to me before, it has more medieval places than people realise. Yes, for uh, most of the medieval period, up until the Industrial Revolution, uh, Norwich was England's second city. And remarkably, the city's heritage has not been destroyed over time. Um, it really is one of the great heritage cities of Europe. And yet, to many people, historic, is, historic Norwich is, is relatively unknown. Uh, we have two cathedrals, the Anglican Cathedral, which has the second tallest spire in the UK. We'll see that a little bit later. We also have over 1,500 historic buildings, uh, a 900-year-old Norman castle, fantastic number of churches, over 32 medieval churches in the heart of Norwich. So um, we'll discover as we, as we wander around just how historic a place Norwich actually is. Well, I'm very looking forward to that. But 32 churches in Norwich itself? Absolutely, 32. They're all uh, many are made of um, our material here in Norfolk is flint. Um, in fact, uh, if you turn around, we can see St. Peter Mancroft Church. Many people mistakenly think that this is one of our cathedrals. I have to say, I did. As I walked into this sort of square, I looked at that and thought, is that one of them? It's actually our largest church here in here in Norwich, and and, and uh, makes up you know a wonderful uh, centerpiece here in the city centre, uh, directly opposite our newer building, the Forum, which we're standing outside. And at certain times of the day, there's a wonderful reflection of the old meeting the new, the church in in the glass-fronted windows of of the Forum. So um, we might be old, we might have lots of history and heritage, but we really are a contemporary, modern 
buzzing city as well. Now, I arrived quite late in Norwich last night, so I took a little time to have a little walk around. And I noticed you've got a thriving sort of evening culture, lots of bars, lots of clubs. Norwich really is a city for all ages, isn't it? It is, yes, absolutely. It's said that uh, every weekend here in Norwich, over 29,000 people will uh, descend on the city over the course of the weekend to enjoy our varied nightlife. And that doesn't just mean nightclubs and bars and restaurants, but also the cultural side of the city as well. As a cultural centre, Norwich is firmly on the map. Um, According to research, we've got more cultural activity uh, than anywhere else in the UK relative to our population size. So everything from um, every musical taste is catered for, huge choice of concerts, including classical jazz, world music. We've got a resident orchestra and also the Norwich Philharmonic Society as well. We've got exciting sort of concert programmes. Uh, the Theatre Royal, which we're standing opposite right now. Uh, we've just noticed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is, is playing, Les Miserables, Evita coming. Um, so a great programme there year-round at the Theatre Royal. In fact, um, the Theatre Royal is East Anglia's premier theatre, presenting a high-quality mix of musicals, comedy, drama, and uh, last year it had a £10 million modernisation. Also in terms of arts and, and, and culture, heritage, we've got some great festivals year-round, and held annually in May is uh, the Norfolk and Norwich Festival. It's the oldest single city festival in the UK, and it brings world, uh, world artists, world performers uh, to the city. Um, and that's a 16-day festival annually in May. Well, we've walked back down around the corner. I've been introduced to Sophie Cabot from Norwich Heart. Hello, Sophie. Hi. So tell me a little bit about where we are now. Right, we're now in Millennium Plain, which is one of the newest spaces in the centre of Norwich. Um, we're outside the Forum, which is our landmark Millennium building in the city, and it houses cafes and the Tourist Information Centre and also the main public library for Norwich. Um, it's an enormous glass-fronted building and it reflects the historic buildings of the city centre back at you, so it's a really beautiful space. Uh, Millennium Plain itself, which is a big open square, is used for performances and as a meeting space. It's a really popular meeting space in the centre of the city. And then facing us on the other side of the plain is the magnificent church of St Peter Mancroft, which is the biggest of the 32 medieval parish churches in the city. So where are we going to wander off to first? Well, if we walk down the side of St Peter Mancroft and down onto Gentleman's Walk, which is the main shopping street, we'll be right in the centre of the city. OK, let's go. Now, Sophie, I'm noticing as we're walking down this uh, little slope, lots of open spaces here. Yes, we've got these things called the plains in Norwich, which is one of the words we get from our connection with Holland over the years. And the plains are basically widened parts of the street, like small squares. And there's quite a lot of them. I say Millennium Plain is new, but most of them are medieval. And they provide little marketplaces, little meeting places, little green spaces all over the centre of the city. So they're one of the great things about Norwich. We're walking into the Haymarket, which is another one of these open spaces. Um, obviously, as the name says, it's where hay used to be sold in the Middle Ages. But now it's got a few stalls on it and some interesting artwork that responds to one of our local heroes, Sir Thomas Brown. Is that what the statue is that I'm looking at here? Yep, that's him. He was a really interesting figure. He was a mathematician, a doctor, an archaeologist, a religious scholar, really all-round interesting guy. And he's buried in the church of St Peter Mancroft that we've just come past. And can anybody go into the church? Is it open to the public? Yes, that's open every day. And there's actually some displays and stuff about him in there as well as his memorial stone. 
Now we're walking down into the, is this the main high street would you call it? Yep, this is Gentleman's Walk or just the walk. This is the main high street and where you'll find all the big name shops in Norwich and the central stuff. Now one of the main attractions of course for coming to Norwich is actually the shopping here isn't it? We've got fantastic shopping in Norwich. We've got all the big mainstream shops and we've also got loads and loads of small independent shops as well. So everything you want. Because the city serves such a wide area it really punches above its weight in terms of shopping. Now I thought we were entering the main market marketplace back there. I'm wrong. Straight in front of us looks like a very large market. Very large market. In fact, the largest permanent open-air market in the country. This is Norwich Market. It's been here on this site since the Norman Conquest. And it's got all your food shops, all the sort of normal market stuff, clothes, all sorts of things in there. And it's open six days a week. It's a very colourful market. I mean, each one, when I think of markets, I think of tents. And I think of stalls with, you know, lots of fabric on top. These look like permanent buildings. Uh, they are semi-permanent structures. They've recently been redeveloped to make them all weatherproof, but we've kept the striped awning effect that people loved about Norwich Market. Now, inside the Market Square in one corner, we've come across Carrie's Flowers, which run by Miriam. Hello, Miriam. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. How long have you been here with this flower stall? Well, me personally, I've been working on it 59 years. 59 years? Yeah. yeah. And it's a family-run business? Yes, I came on here when I was 12, used to help, you know... Uh, Saturdays and holidays. Well, come on, tell me, what's the local flower to Norwich? Well, there isn't a local flower to Norwich. I mean, years ago, you used to get the little market gardeners come up every day with their flowers, but now, basically, everything comes from Holland. Oh, everything comes from abroad? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I noticed you have got one here called, Nor is it called Norwich Pinks? Local Pinks, what yeah. are those? Well, we still have a little man grow them for us, but that is about the, oh, cornflowers. They are about the only local things, what you get, everything else comes from Holland. Well, I have to say, if you ever get a chance to come into Norwich, come into the marketplace, look for Carrie, she's on the corner, and I'm sure Miriam will be able to help you out. Miriam, um, thank you so much. I will. Now, Sophie, I know we're going to look at the castle later, but one of the things I'm noticing as we're walking around is wherever you go, whichever street we seem to be on, the castle is very prominent. It is, and that's because of the way Norwich was laid out quite deliberately after the Norman Conquest. When the Normans came here and took over what was quite a small Anglo-Saxon city, they plonked their castle right in the middle and their marketplace right next to it to say, we control the economy, we control the market. So you can see the two things and all the main streets in the city centre refer to those two things. Okay, well we'll look at that later. Let's continue back up the high street. One of the things I'm liking as we're walking around is it's very eclectic. You've got the high street stores, but you've also got these very small little lanes, very small eclectic shops. This, this is one that we're about to walk into now. What's this? Right, we're going to have a look inside the Royal Arcade, which is one of our gems. Um, it's actually the site of one of the old coaching inns in the city. But around the turn of the 20th century, this was redeveloped to make a covered shopping arcade, and it's Art Nouveau in style. It's very, very beautiful coloured tiles and glass. And in there, we've got some of our loveliest little independent shops. Well, I've got my credit card at hand. Let's walk in. Now, as you mentioned just outside, this really is very Art Nouveau, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's a beautiful space. It's all done in sort of blues and greens, uh, peacocky colours, and there are peacocks in the tiling and all sorts of fruit and flowering trees. It's really, really beautiful. Why are we stopping outside a very nice-looking cake shop? <laughs> oh, I, I just like to stop outside cake shops. It does look good, doesn't it? It looks fantastic. But each shop, I mean, the, we're, the cake shop's opposite, a toy shop, and then you've got next to it the mustard shop. 
Yeah, the mustard shop is a really key part of our heritage in the city. Mustard was produced here for hundreds of years, and Coleman's is one, historically one of the biggest employers in the city. So there's the Coleman's Mustard Shop, which also has museum exhibits in it about the history of that. It's one of the main stopping off points for visitors to the city. Let's go inside. Now we've come inside the mustard shop now. Tell me a little bit about what I'm seeing here. Right, what you're seeing in here is all the memorabilia to do with the Coleman's mustard factory and offices that were in Norwich um, all the way through the 19th century. It was one of our biggest factories. Um, making mustard was one of the big wealth things for the city. Um, the mustard's grown in East Anglia, produced here, and Coleman's, I think, is a name that most people know as a British food product. But I'm noticing that there's lots of different types of jars of mustard. Are there more than one type of mustard? Juliet's showing me some of the mustard that they have here. Several jars here, um, ranging from the original English, which is very hot, um, and you've got your Dijon and your whole grain, which you can get in a supermarket, but we have others which are exclusive to the shop. Um, you've got like whole grain with chilies, whole grain with red peppers, and whole grain with beer, and Savora, um, which is mild. And then we've got um, variations on the mustard powder, like with chilies or tarragon thyme and chives and peppercorns. So which is the most popular that people buy? Um, well, the original does tend to be the most popular and the double super fine powder, which is the original powder. And I'm also noticing you do the American versions. Yes, that is a, a very mild one. Yes, that is quite a recent addition, that one is. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Sophie, I have to say the pace of shopping when you come into the arcade is a lot slower. It's a lot more methodical. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit more laid back in the, in the arcade. There's uh, perhaps some slightly more expensive shops, some nicer end shops where people want to spend a bit of time. So now we're coming up a hill. Yeah, we've come to the back of the inns, which is an interesting place to name. You know, I said it was a coaching inn where the arcade is. Um, there were several along Gentleman's Walk. And, of course, before the trains came, that was where you got your coach to Cambridge or London. That was what public transport was at the time. This street, which you rightly said is a little slope, this is called the back of the inns because all the yards of all those coaching inns opened onto here and effectively we're in the bottom of the ditch of the castle. So up there we're looking at the castle mound with the castle on top of it. You've got to imagine that long ago this was a ditch filled with water and bridges over it to the castle. So is this a moat? Not exactly a moat, it was where one of the streams through the city centre ran, but it sort of formed a bit of a moat along this side of the castle. And we've now come up to see the castle and it looks so magnificent, very, almost like um, a cube. Yes, it's basically cube shaped, it's a Norman castle, really early castle. Um, one of the first stone castles that was built in England after the Norman Conquest. So it's got a lot of things in common with the Tower of London, which is the other earliest stone castle or Colchester castle. So you can see the Norman arches all over the outside of it. I mean, it's had some restoration, but basically that's it. Almost a thousand years old, looking pretty good. Now we're walking around the outskirts of the castle. Are there some museums in there? Yes, the castle is the main museum, one of the main regional museums, and that's got art galleries, it's got archaeology, it's got natural history, it's got the biggest collection of teapots in the country. Of teapots? Teapots, that's right, it's got the Twinings Teapot Gallery, and you can go down to the dungeons and up to the battlements, and there's lots to see in there. Now, as you can probably hear, there's a lot of coaches around. Claire, I'm going to turn back to you. Why am I seeing so many coaches? Well, we're here on Castle Meadow, which is the main thoroughfare for 
uh, for buses, including coaches. Um, Norwich itself is actually um, a very group-friendly uh, destination. Uh, coach groups, um, and we welcome lots of, of coaches from all over the UK and overseas uh, into, into Norwich to uh, enjoy the delights of our city. Uh, we heavily promote Norwich as a group's destination because it's a fantastic range of accommodation for parties of all sizes, special interests can be catered for, people like to come here to um, do history tours and heritage tours, uh, garden tours, uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a really popular destination. Well let's nip through Waterstones and head back to the lanes. Well, Sophie, when you said everything was really easy to walk around in Norwich, you weren't wrong. I mean, within 30 steps, literally, of in front of the castle, we're now back in the lanes. That's right, yeah. It's a very compact city centre. Now, was it a conscious decision to keep the cobbled streets in the lanes? Uh, there's been lots of really good work done over the last 50 or 60 years on preserving the centre of Norwich. Um, there have been some horrible plans over the years. At the end of the Second World War, there were plans to put dual carriageways through here. Fortunately, at the time, there wasn't enough money. And since then, there's been some saner looks at it, and we've realised that, in fact, the heritage of the city is one of our greatest assets. So we've tried to preserve areas, make them economically functional for things like shopping, but keep that charm that they've always had. Now, one of the smaller streets in the lanes that we've come to is Swan Lane. That's right. Swan Lane, which is named because there used to be a pub here called the White Swan, um, is absolutely typical of the lanes area. It's lovely shops, interesting different things, two or three jewellers down here, um, one of them with big white swan as their sign, just to remind you of the street name. Now, just round the corner, we're walking up to the oldest shop front here in the city. Yep, that's right. We've got one, one of the shop fronts here on Bedford Street is as it would have been in Tudor times. So it's got the timbers sticking out, it sticks out over the pavement, what we call a jettied building, and there's really ancient timbers around the door here, so you can get an impression of what this whole street would have looked like at the end of the medieval or the early Tudor period. Well, in typical Norwich style, where everything is so close together, we've now appeared outside the Bridewell Museum. Yeah, the Bridewell Museum is uh, the museum of the city of Norwich. It's being done up a bit at the moment, but when it reopens, it's going to have fantastic collections about the development of the city. And it's called the Bridewell Museum, and this is Bridewell Alley. A bridewell is a sort of small prison. And that's one of the things that this building has served as over the years. Um, a prison mostly for vagrants and minor criminals. Um, and it's been lots of different things. Part of it is one of the grandest medieval houses in the city. So if we just go around the corner, we can have a look at the wall of that. Oh, this really is one of the original walls. Yep, this fantastic, gleaming black flint wall is the wall of Thomas Appleyard's house. Uh, Thomas Appleyard was one of the medieval mayors of Norwich, and he built this really, really grand house to show his importance in the city. And later his family left it to the city, which is how it ended up being the Bridewell. Why does Norwich have 32 churches? What was the importance of having so many of them? Well, the thing is, Norwich was very rich. In the Middle Ages, England's money mostly came from wool. Wool comes from sheep, and sheep come from Norfolk. Norfolk is a big rural county, so there were lots of really rich landowners. And what that meant was that the city parishes could be really small. So it didn't take many rich families to get together and build a beautiful church. So the parishes were very small, there were a lot of churches. Now the story of our history is that fewer and fewer people now live in city centres. So what's happened is over the years those parishes have been amalgamated, so now 
eight of those churches are enough for the people who still live in the centre of the city. Now I'm enjoying these really cobbled streets and this is a particularly cobbled street I have to say. Why have we stopped outside a coffee house? We've stopped outside the Britain's Arms, um, now a coffee house and restaurant, before that a pub, before that something very very interesting. This is one of the oldest buildings in the city centre, um, a medieval building, one of very few thatched buildings. We've only got three left in the city centre and that's because this one survived a terrible fire and after that terrible fire in the 16th century they stopped people thatching houses in the centre of the city and made them use tiles because obviously thatch spreads fire. So this is one of very few buildings that definitely survived that fire. Now, before it was a pub, before it was a cafe, this was something called a beguinage. And most people probably won't have heard of that because it's not really an English thing. You get beguinages in Holland, in Belgium, I think you get some in Germany. It's almost like a nunnery, but they're not completely like nuns. They haven't taken all the same vows as nuns, often they're widows. And it was one of the sort of substitutes for social services in the Middle Ages. Um, but they were quite independent women. Well, as it now is still a coffee house and restaurant, can I tempt you for a little cake inside? Oh, I think we could have a look. Let's go inside. Now, we've just stepped inside the Britain's Arms, and I've met Sue, who runs it. Hello, Sue. Hello. Now, this is wonderful. This is all original, is it? All this oak beans above? It's all original, and it all dates back to about 1420. And it's still in good nick because it was built by women. Oh, here we go now. I knew we were going to start on something there. <laughs> was it really? It was all built by women? They think it was built by an order of nuns in the, in the mid-15th um, century. Yes, Sophie did tell me about the nuns, but I didn't realise they built it. I'm not sure that that's the absolute truth, but that's the story, and I'm, I'm very happy with that story. So what, are you, what do you specialise in here? It's a coffee shop and restaurant? It's a coffee shop and restaurant. We do traditional morning coffee, lunches and afternoon teas. We cook everything in our tiny kitchen, which is a 15th century crypt, not really very uh, comfortable to cook in, but it's all done here on the premise. I have to say the cakes look very scrumptious. And come on, tell me, what's the best cake for people to buy here? Today, I think I'd want a chocolate brownie, but another day I might want carrot cake, or I want a, might want a meringue roulade, or an almond slice. What would you say, what would you say, outside of obviously your lovely coffee shop and restaurant, is the number one attraction for people to see in Norwich? I probably think Norwich Market, because I love the market. We shop on the market, we know the market. Yeah, that's, it's my favourite part of Norwich. Well, you must come and check out this place. The cakes look wonderful. I'm sure the rest of the foods and the drinks are just as good. Thank you very much indeed. So thank you very much indeed. Now, you mentioned the river running through the city, and here we are, right next to the city boats. Yep, we're on Elm Hill Quay. So behind all the medieval houses on Elm Hill, there would have been wharfs for all the medieval merchants to load their boats. And all the most important old parts of the city are along the banks of the River Wensum. And one of the lovely things to do if you're visiting the city is to get one of the boats. You can get on at the railway station or in the city centre and you can take a tour through the city centre seeing it all from the river, which is exactly the way people would have seen it in the past. Now in true inimitable style in Norwich where everything is so close, we're just walking past an incredibly impressive gatehouse which is leading onto the cathedral, is it not? Yep, this is the Erpingham Gate. It's one of the two great medieval gates into the Cathedral Close, both of which come off Tombland, which is another one of these plains, but Tombland is a little bit special. Why, why is Tombland so special? Well, Tombland was the centre of the city before the Norman Conquest, so I suppose you could say it's one of the oldest spaces in the city. 
Now we're just walking through this very impressive, what did you call this? this is Erpingham Gateway? Yeah, this is the Erpingham Gate paid for by Sir Thomas Erpingham. It's a magnificent structure and it leads us to the amazing view of the west front of Norwich Cathedral. And this is a truly inspirational entrance. This is the Cathedral School and this is where everyone who was anyone in the history of the city sent their boys. Now, as we walk down, you, you mentioned, obviously, one of the, uh, the famous things about Norwich is that Nelson was from here. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, he was from the countryside in West Norfolk, but he came to school in Norwich. So he spent a very long time here at this very school. At this very school? That's right, yeah. And so does the school commemorate him in any way? Uh, yes, I think they do. Um, there's a statue of him just here in the Cathedral Close. He's one of our biggest figures in the city. Now I presume the cathedral, even though it is on the site of a school, or I should say vice versa actually, is open to the general public? Yep, absolutely. It's the cathedral, it's open every day, you can come and see it, you can come to services here or just for a walk around in the quiet. Let's walk in. Now we have just walked inside the cathedral and this is an epic ceiling. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, the fan vaulted ceiling is one of the few bits of the church that isn't Norman. It's still magnificent. It's got a thousand decorated roof bosses telling stories from the Bible um, up there in the roof. How old is this cathedral? The cathedral itself is getting on for a thousand years old, built just after the Norman Conquest. Now, as we're walking through the cathedral, we've come across a tomb that you wanted to point out. Uh, yes, this is Thomas Gooding. This is a quite a quirky memorial that people often see when they come and visit the cathedral because it's a skeleton and it's got a verse on it. It says, all you that do this place pass by, remember death, for you must die. As you are now, so once was I. As now am I, so shall you be. And it's got his skeleton on it and it says, Thomas Gooding, here do stay, waiting for God's judgment day. It's just a little quirky thing. Yes, it, it sort of stands out a little bit. You don't expect to see something like that. It is a skeleton literally put into the wall. It is a carving of a skeleton with its hands folded in prayer put into the wall. It's about 400 years ago. It's designed to remind you that we all go the same way in the end. Marvellous. Now, we're going to walk on now, past where the, uh, the organ is, into the back part of the cathedral. Yeah, we're going to go under the crossing, under where the great tower and spire of the cathedral are, and then into the east end, the most sacred part of the cathedral. And all around you can see the old architecture of the building is very evident. Yes, it's almost all Romanesque architecture. Now we've just walked outside the cathedral into the cloisters and you really do feel like you're on a film set. Yes, and it is very popular with filmmakers. We're going to hear some noises of building work going on from time to time. They are finishing off the new visitor centre here, which is going to be a great facility when it's done, and we're nearly there, so we'll forgive them for that. But at the moment, it's a wonderful, peaceful space. It's uh, where the monks who were originally at the cathedral here took their exercise and said their prayers. And again, you've got these roof bosses telling stories from the Bible, decorating the vaults all the way around. So you can follow them around and work out if you can tell what's going on in the different stories. Now the sun's come out as we've walked up to the refectory. Now this is new. This is new. This is a very modern structure by Sir Michael Hopkins, which uses green oak and glass but it sits on a very old site. The footprint of this refectory is the footprint of the medieval refectory that the monks ate in. And the idea of this structure is that it's distinct, it's different, but it replicates what was here. 
And if ever, for historical reasons, you wanted to take it away again, you could, and you'd be left with the medieval remains. But in the meantime, what you've got is this fantastic light and airy restaurant, um, wonderful food, open all day, um, a real stopping off point at the cathedral. Now I've had a wonderful day looking around the city of Norwich, Clare. It's been fantastic and the sun has come out. It's been a beautiful day for us. Now, we obviously haven't had a chance to look around absolutely everything. What are some of the things that we've actually missed? Well, there's lots more on offer. Uh, for football fans, there is of course Norwich City Football Club. That's a 15 minute walk from here. Uh, they do organise uh, private tours and of course uh, on match days, there's two restaurants there as well. Uh, Delia run restaurants, Delia Smith that is. Um, so, so that's a, a must. Um, we also have, uh, for art lovers, the Sainsbury Centre for Visual Arts. That's on the University of East Anglia campus. A fantastic contemporary arts building. And actually, as we're walking back up towards the Forum, we're passing this wonderful building on the right, which is, of course, the City Council's house. Yes, we're passing uh, Norwich City Hall, uh, home of Norwich City Council. It's also a really good um, navigational tool, so when you're in the city, you can look for the clock tower. We just hear, we're just hearing it strike four o'clock. Um, but you can see that clock tower from most parts of the city that will bring you back to the heart of the city centre and we've got a fantastic panorama now of uh, the Norman Castle, the fantastic Norwich Market, we can see the spire of Norwich Cathedral in the distance, the Guildhall where Sophie our colleague at Heart works and here at uh, City Hall. Back to the forum, what a fantastic way to spend an afternoon, we'd love to welcome more and more visitors to Norwich and really showcase our fabulous city. And I have to say just one final point, we, we keep on mentioning, in fact when we started we mentioned just how close everything is. I think this is a prime spot to just demonstrate visually exactly how close everything really is. It's all walkable. So if you do get a chance to come to Norwich, you really must come. I don't think a day's enough. I think there's so much to see that you really must spend a couple of days here in Norwich. Claire, thank you very much indeed for your talk. Well, this was my first visit ever to Norwich, but I can assure you it certainly won't be my last. With such an amazing history, coupled with fabulous shopping and great entertainment, it makes for an ideal attraction for all ages. But before I go, let me remind you that you can save up to 35% off your next weekend stay in a Holiday Inn. Just go to ihg.com forward slash podcast. That's ihg.com forward slash podcast. I'm Alan Dodgen. Thank you for downloading the Holiday Inn Norwich City Guide podcast. Enjoy your stay.